today, if you have your Bibles, turn into Mark chapter 16. When we started this church, we started this church in September of 2019, um, a little bit over a year and seven or eight months ago. Uh, obviously, over the past year, um, majority of that time, we, you know, we've been under this pandemic and we've had to move locations for temporarily. And, um, but we're back here and, and God has been faithful during this time. Anybody believe that God's been faithful even in this pandemic as well? Um, and it, when we started, I, 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 one of my desires is that we would go as we preach is preach through entire books of the Bible. Um, one of my desires, and Mark's gospel is, is the first book that I picked. So on the very first day we had service, we started uh, with the book of Mark, chapter 1. And every week uh, since then, we've been going chapter by chapter, verse by verse, little by little, just kind of diving deep into Mark's gospel. Why did I pick the book of Mark? Because it's the book of action. It's a book of, it's an easy to understand gospel. Out of the four gospels, it's the shortest of the four. There's 16 chapters. And it's, it's applicable to everyone. And, and, and Mark wrote it to Gentile believers, people that didn't grow up in church, regular, ordinary people. And so I felt like this is really fit the type of people that, that we wanted to reach. And so, and some of you, that, that resonates to you. Like, you know, you didn't grow up in church. You're, you, you feel like you're just kind of like, hey, you're, you're new to this. So Mark, Mark's gospel is introducing Jesus to people who didn't know Jesus, didn't grow up hearing about a Messiah. And so I'm happy to announce today. After 55 sermons, today is sermon number 55. Today is the last sermon in the book of Mark. Can we praise God for that? Like, some of you are like, yes, we finally did it, but yes. But the importance of this is that we're preaching the word of God. Now, we've taken breaks here and there, um, you, know, you know, when Easter happens or, you know, Christmas, other occasions. But, but we've stuck to this uh, path and plan. You might ask, what, what's next um, for us? What's next for Vive? So next Sunday, we'll be having a special missionary with us. But starting in June, starting the first Sunday, we're going to enter into a series that's eight weeks. It's called The Core Values. And I think this is a perfect opportunity for us to understand what we value as a church. Because what we, the way we behave is dependent on how we value certain things. And so we have a banner outside um, in the lobby area that always shows our values as a church. And I want us to behave in accordance to the values of that. So that's what's happening next month. Um, so kind of, you know, understanding you know, over summertime, um, definitely it's a great time to be part of this church. But today... We're ending Mark's gospel in Mark chapter 16, verse 9. Like I mentioned, today is Pentecost. So Pentecost Sunday, you might wonder, what is this? Why are people uh, talking about Pentecost? What does this mean? What does the word Pentecost literally mean? The word Pentecost literally means 50, 5-0, like 50 cent, like, you know, 5-0. You know, uh, that's what it means, 50. We understand as Christians that Jesus died, we celebrate Good Friday, and then three days later, on Easter, we were celebrating his resurrection. So Jesus resurrected, and last week we talked about his crucifixion. Today we'll, we'll touch briefly on his resurrection. But Jesus, after his resurrection, he appeared to many witnesses. Over 500 people saw Jesus in the flesh. He lived with people, he ate with people, he, he, he hung out, he slept, he was with, uh, with people. He did many miracles and signs and wonders for 40 days and 40 nights after his resurrection. And after his resurrection, after those 40 days, he ascends into heaven. 
And he says, I, he, he gives some explanation of what's to happen, what signs will follow, what's next. And he tells the people in Acts chapter 1, he tells them, wait here in Jerusalem until I give you the gift that my father has promised. Now that gift is the Holy Spirit. We believe in one God is, who is in three persons, a God the Father, the Creator, God the Son, Jesus Christ, and God the Holy Spirit that came after Jesus. The same God, but in three distinct persons. And so the Holy Spirit, he came, he told the disciples to wait. And for 10 days, 120 people were in a place they called the upper room. Why was it the upper room? Because it was a room upstairs. Simple as that. There's a lot of, <laughs> it's a, it, they were in an upper room. 120 of them praying, seeking for God. And the Bible describes an event that happened on that day, similar to this picture that's right behind me. This picture of them praying, and all of a sudden, on Acts chapter 2, some people have heard that term, Pentecostal church. And I would affirm and describe ourselves as Pentecostal as well, because of this very reason. Because in Acts chapter 2, they began to pray, and then it says, a mighty rushing wind came to that place. And then it was like fire, tongues of fire that came over them, like the picture above. That, that begin to show. But then they began to speak in other languages. Languages that they did not know, but other people knew. And then nine in the morning happened, and people are like, man, it, these people look like they're drunk. I mean, it's like your cousin, you know, at nine in the morning. Like, man, you're already drunk, you know. And they explained it. And this is the day that we would describe as the first day of the church. Fiftieth day after the resurrection of Jesus. 50 days, Pentecost. It didn't land on just any other day, but it landed in the middle of a festival called the Feast of Weeks, which would have been this, this festival for prosperity and produce and fruits and, 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 and like spring festival. So it didn't land on just any other coincidental, coincidental day. It just had purpose. And these are all things that God in himself, Jesus described as what would happen. And we believe as a church that describes and we affirm that we're Pentecostal as well. Meaning, you know, and that word can be thrown around and mean so many different things. I have a sermon last year that I preached. You can go back on our YouTube or Spotify and talking about Pentecost and really describing a little more about that. But today I want to I, I, I hone in on a couple things, a couple signs that Jesus is sharing with us. Words that he described that even to this day as we affirm ourselves and describe, use that descriptor of Pentecost on us, I believe to this day things have not changed and God is still using the church to show these signs and wonders. I believe God's power and signs and wonders have not finished. Anybody believe me today? That God is still a miracle working God, that God still heals, that God still brings the spirit of God over us to empower us for service. Anybody hear me today? Like anybody know that, that this is true and you've seen it in the flesh? And today at the end of the service, you will be given the opportunity to, to understand and the opportunity to receive his baptism and the fullness of it. So Mark chapter 16, I say that before we get into the word, because we're going to start in verse 9. It says, when the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, they brought spices uh, so that they could bring to anoint Jesus' body. Now we're going to skip down to verse 9. That was verse 1. It says, when Jesus rose early on the first day of the week, 
He appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom was driven out seven demons. Verse 10, she went and told those who had been with him and were, who were mourning and weeping. When they heard Jesus was alive and she had seen them, they did not believe it. Verse 12, afterward, Jesus appeared in a different form to two of them while they were walking in the country. These returned and reported to the rest, but they did not believe them either. Verse 14, later Jesus appeared to the eleven as they were eating. He rebuked them for the lack of faith and their stubborn uh, refusal to believe those who had seen him after he'd risen. Then verse 15, he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Verse 16, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. They will drink deadly poison. It will not hurt them uh, at all. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. Amen. Verse 19, after the Lord Jesus spoke to them, he was taken up to heaven and sat at the right hand of God. Then the disciples went out and preached everywhere. And it says here, listen close. Disciples preached, went out and preached everywhere. And the Lord worked with them and confirmed his word by the signs that accompanied it. He confirmed his word by the signs that accompanied it. I want to speak to you this morning using a title, These Are the Signs. These are the signs. I want God to move in this church. I desperately desire that this church would be attractional, not because of our, of our beautiful signage or our logo, our branding, our screen, our sound, or our lights. I desire our church to be attractional, not because we have a Facebook page or people see our live stream. I desire our church not because we're friendly, because we serve good coffee, you get a t-shirt or a coffee mug. I desire our church to be attractional because we have something unique to us, which is the power of God that people cannot imitate, that he's desperately in here because people are wanting a move of God in this place. I desire a church to be attracted that can be attractional to outside people, not because we have all this other stuff. No, we have God with us and his power is moving in us. Anybody hear me this morning? This is my desire for this church. This is my desire. And these are the signs that Jesus is saying with his own words. When we talk about scripture, when we talk to the spirit, we start with Jesus. There's no competition with each other, the Holy Spirit and Jesus, because Jesus said himself that a helper would come after me and he would point everyone to me. So there is no competition between Jesus and the Holy Spirit. They go hand in hand. And he talks about signs for the church. I desire that our church would be a church that would understand Pentecost, not just as a title or a description for a church, but living it out. Pentecost is not a style of music. Pentecost is not a style of worship. Pentecost is not jumping up and screaming. You know, it's not necessarily some of the things that you see on television or what people have said. Pentecost is the signs that Jesus is saying. And it's us celebrating it today. See, today, the gifts 
of his spirit are available today. The Bible tells us that there's nine gifts of his spirit in 1 Corinthians 12. And we believe in the fullness of signs and miracles and wonders. Other churches might not believe it, but we believe it's active today that, that the, the gifts are not, haven't ceased and, and they're operational for us for not just the expression of the spirit, but as a tool to, for our witness to be able to share to people who God is. Today, I want to tell you, these are the signs. Number one, what is God calling us to do? He's calling us to preach the gospel. He's calling us toward evangelism. Can I tell you today more than ever before, we need to preach the gospel and preach the fullness of who, who God is. Verse 15, he said to them, verse 15, he said, he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. I'm going to break that down. It says go, meaning in action. You got to do something. Into all the world. Can I tell you, God's mission is not just for the United States. God's mission is not just for Houston. It's not just for our neighborhood. But God's mission, this great commission, is for everyone in every country around the world for all times and for all seasons. The gospel of Jesus is on fire in other countries. And I pray and I desire that fire, that passion can drive our own country. The gospel is not just for Mexico. It's not just for Puerto Rico. It's not just for Latin America. It's not just for uh, the Middle East. It's not just for Africa. But God, God, I pray that it can go into all the world. This is why missions is our heartbeat. This is why we desire to reach out to missionaries and pray for them. As you might notice in our lobby now, we've, we have played, we have placed a display with missionaries that we support financially on a monthly basis because we believe that we cannot do this alone. So we have to go and send people for us. People in Indonesia, people in Guatemala, people in, in Chile, people in, in Spain, people in Kenya, people even in our own backyard. Next week, like I mentioned, we'll have a missionary present with us because God's call to us is to go into the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Simple as that, preaching the gospel. What is the gospel? What does that word gospel mean? It means good news. Good news. Simple as that. What is the good news about? Well, let me tell you the bad news. Those without Jesus will go to hell. Those without the Lord will spend an eternity in hell. And the good news, because you can't have the good news without the bad news first, but the good news is that someone doesn't want to send you to hell and someone died on the cross for you, that you have an eternal life, you have a savior, that all we have to do, we don't have to play religion, all we have to do is have a relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And as long as we have that relationship with him, it's not by, oh, we, we, we do a checklist of different things we have to do, following rules and regulations. No, it's a relationship with Jesus. And there's a lot of people today that don't know it. Did you know there's 40% of the world today that has never heard the name of Jesus? 40% today that would die without knowing the name of Jesus and they would spend an eternity in hell. That should cause us to stir something in our hearts that we have, that our job is not complete as a church. Do you know in this city, there are so many people that have never even stepped foot in a church. 
that people on a Sunday would never even think about going to church. They would think about getting brunch or they would think about going to the park. They would think about going to a game, but they would never even think about going to a church. And there's people that need Jesus today. My desire is that for us, that we would preach the gospel, not just by our words, but by our actions, that the people would see something different about us and we would live it out. When we go into our workplaces, when we go to our homes, when we go to family barbecues, when we go to, to on vacation, when we go to a restaurant and the waiter it does, doesn't treat you right, that we would live it out and be as Jesus to all creation. I'm going to emphasize for a second that all creation, that means people that don't look like you, people that don't believe in what you believe in. People that stand on, on if, if you're on the left, people that stand on the right, people that are on the right, people that stand on the left, people that, that, that grew up differently, people that grew up on the wrong side of the track, rich and poor. I mean, that's all creation, black, white, Hispanic. I mean, um, I mean, whatever color that person is, it's all creation. This is what God is calling us to do. It's to preach the gospel. Evangelism. What does that word evangelism mean? That simply means to be able to tell the story of what God can do. Tell people who God is and what he's done and what he's able to do. He says, verse 16, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. But whoever does not believe will be condemned. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. But whoever does not believe will be condemned. Number two, the next sign is repentance and renewal. Repentance and renewal, meaning baptism. Now you hear that word baptism. You might think, you know, if you grew up in maybe the Catholic church or you grew up in church somewhere else, uh, baptism, you think, well, I was baptized as a child or I was baptized at another church. And you think, well, okay, that's, that's sufficient enough. But can I tell you that what, what baptism is referring to, see, God's not, not as concerned of the outward expression of baptism, meaning, you know, dunked in water. He's concerned about the inward expression of baptism, meaning your heart is washed and cleansed. So today, what God is asking us to do, he says, whoever repents and is baptized will be saved. You want to know if you're saved? Can I tell you, it starts with your heart. The person that brings repentance, the, the one to ask for renewal, that God washes away our sins. There are three different types of baptism. One, when God washes your sin. Number two, when you're actually dunked in water as an expression and you're telling the world that you've been baptized. We did baptisms on Easter. We want to do baptisms again sometime this summer. And the last baptism is later, I'll speak about it in a minute, is baptism in the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit overcomes, overwhelms you with his presence. But it starts with us repenting of our hearts. We want to see revival in this land. It starts with repentance. We want to see change. It starts with us, our arrogance, our foolishness, our gossip, our, our pride, our lust. It starts with that. And God is saying those who repent and are baptized will be saved, but those who don't will be condemned. There is a heaven and there's a hell. And God has not stopped asking us to repent because all of us are sinners. Including me, there's no perfect pastor, there's no perfect church. The difference between everyone else is that we've, we've understood that. And we've allowed God to come into our life and change us. You know, we allow God to renew us every day. How many need more of God in your life? I know I do. 
Number three, God has called us to spiritual authority. Cast out demons. Some of you got scared there. Ooh. I started talking about demons. Oh, man. Cast out demons. I'm, I'm going I'm to be very frank with you. You know, verse 17, he says like this. Go back to that verse. And, and, and these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. Now, in the time of Jesus, there were people that were filled with evil spirits from the enemy, the devil. And even to this day, there are people that better, you might not believe it or not. Our, our world, some of us want to think in the world of logic and the world of natural, but we have to understand there's a supernatural presence out there. And this world more than ever before is looking for superpowered beings, superstars, superheroes, the supernatural. Every book, every movie, every TV show that's coming out even today is more about the supernatural. So there's a hunger more for the supernatural ever than before. Can I tell you that demons and the devil still exist today is working today? And even in places, in other countries, you'll see some of the most ridiculous things possible in people that are filled with demonic forces. Maybe you yourself, you don't even know that, that, that in your life, there were times where you couldn't even sleep at night because you felt this dark oppression over you, or, or you were addicted to something, and, 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 and you were beating yourself up, and you were angry at yourself, and you didn't know what it was causing it because it was the enemy that was allowed to work inside of you. And when we become a Christian, can I tell you, through the power of God, that we don't have to fear anymore because we have the spiritual authority of our power that comes from God. Our source is not our own, it's from God. And because God resurrected from the dead and he defeated death, hell, and the grave, and COVID, he's given us that same spiritual authority and power over us today. And he says, in my name, what does it say? In my name. They would drive. We're not doing it in George's name. Thank God. We're not doing it in Rocio's name. Thank God. We come in the power of Christ's name to, to, to cast out demons. And anything that comes to try to oppress us or try to come against us, the power of hell, we, we, we come against it in the power of God. What does it mean to have authority? When someone is an authority, that means they have control. They have power. They're, they're the ones in charge. Now, in order to have authority right now in this context is that we come under someone else's authority, the covering of our Savior, Jesus. And in the, my name, in the name of Jesus, we come under him. And because we're under him, we come as he's the one that's calling these things. He's the one calling the show. But he's given us that power today. He gave it to his disciples, and that powers for us today. I've been a witness to supernatural things. Some are like, oh. But I've seen people addicted. People couldn't sleep at night. People that wanted to hurt and injure themselves. And you can call it what you want to call it today. And I'm not trying to diminish the fact of illnesses and, and, and mental illness, but, but I realize that there is some real things that, that happen that you can't describe it by, by an infirmity. You describe it because it's a, it's a supernatural presence that's upon that person that has caused that person to want to kill themselves. That's want to cause that person to want to, 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 to hurt themselves and harm other people. And God has given us that power to, to that, that sign to be able to expel every attack and rebuke every attack of the enemy today. Anybody believe that today? 
We don't walk in fear. We walk in his power and in his control because he's the one that gives us the power. In my name, you will drive out demons. Spiritual authority. Spiritual authority. And it says here, verse 17, in my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will speak in new tongues. Number four, God's given us this ability to speak in new tongues, which refers to spirit empowerment. Speak in new tongues, which is refers, and some of you might get weirded out now. Like you're like, okay, what's going on here? I'll explain it because this is what happens in the Bible. A lot of times we, we, we get our emotions wrapped up or we don't, you know, here, we don't understand things because we just, we saw it in a church and we never, you know, and that day in Acts chapter two, so the Bible, they, they began to speak in other languages, languages that they weren't knowing. It says that as the Holy Spirit gave them utterance, meaning there was a moment where they stopped speaking the language that they knew and, and the Holy Spirit gave them the ability to speak in another language. And it says that people from all around, from other places were able to understand what they were being able to say. Is that always true today? I don't know. I, 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 I want to believe that what I'm saying and when I speak in other tongues, that is, that is something that, might, that other people might be able to identify from another country or, or, or maybe it's a heavenly language or maybe it's a language unknown to man. But when we speak in other languages, it's, we're speaking to God we're, because it's a moment when our, our, our language stops in English or Spanish and we, 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 our heart just, be, just groans with God and, and our spirit connects to his spirit. In, in the beginning of, of time in Genesis, we hear a story, we might have heard of it, the Tower of Babel, where God confused the languages of the people because they're trying to make, build a tower. And they try to build a tower so high to reach God so that they could be God. And God confused their languages. But I, I believe that whenever Acts 2, it, it, it accomplished something because it brought people back together. And the languages that were distorted, it, it brought people back together for one purpose so that we could reach people from all over. And spirit empowerment is not just stops there. We believe that, that speaking in tongues is the initial physical evidence, but it doesn't stop there. Because the Bible describes nine different gifts of the Holy Spirit. Giftings such as uh, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, meaning things that come out of your head that you don't even know where they came from. I mean, gifts of prophecy. What does that mean, prophecy? Like, I'm speaking something over someone. I don't know where that came from, and it came from God. Gifts of healing, where I pray for someone, and they get healed instantaneously. You don't have to be some televangelist. You don't have to be someone on TV to do that or at some big conference. No, it can happen in your home. These are gifts and powers that God gives us, not just as an expression of who he is, but as a tool to be able to use it for evangelism. This is what God calls us to do. Miraculous signs and wonders. I mean, there, there's times where, you know how Jesus broke bread and fed 5,000? You know what? I believe that God can give you that same ability today to even make miraculous wonders and signs happen today. This is not just for yesterday. This is not just for 2,000 years ago. This is even for today. These are the signs. And we talk about speaking in other tongues. It's, it's a gift. It's an ability to pray to God. Paul describes it as well as a, as, as a gift that he speaks in tongues more than everyone. And, and, and it's something that he, he can cherish in, in our moments where we can pray to God. And it's not something weird because it's, in something, it's something very natural that happens in the Bible. And today I want to encourage you to seek God's gifts and God's power and spirit empowerment to be able to be contagious everywhere you go. And number five, 
It says here, I'm going I'm to read verse, verse 18 real quick. It says here, they will speak in new tongues, and it says they will pick up snakes with their hands. That got really weird. It says, when they will drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them all at all. They will place their hands on sick people, and they get, will get well. Now, I need to clarify something real quick. All right? Be real with y'all. It says, they will pick up snakes with your hands. I'm not encouraging you to go and do that. This isn't that kind of church. There's some, there some cuckoos in, 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 in all Christianity. Man, Christianity is a big, you know, you know. There are some churches that are crazy enough to do that. Now, there's a difference between an example and like a command. This is an example, all right? When Jesus said this is an example, it's not a command. He says, there might be people that will, might pick up snakes. I'm saying, not everybody, you know? And then it says here, and when they drink deadly poison, like I'm not telling you to go drink a Tide Pod right now. <laughs> it's not time to drink bleach, you know? Like, like, it says it will not hurt them at all. Like, I'm not trying you to test God and all this. Like, but what I'm telling you, what I'm alluding to is this, number five. It's God's divine protection and healing. Divine protection and healing. Can I tell you, more times than not, the amount of times that I'm still alive when I should have been dead. How many, how many have ever been to a, an experience where you know you should have been dead? Car accidents, I, about, about 13, 14 years ago, I went through a, a bad car accident, you know, this close to dying. Um, you know, I wasn't driving, but someone, you know, it happened. And walked away like nothing ever happened. Divine protection. When I think about, I mean, places I've been to, sicknesses I've gone through. I mean, many of us, half of people in this room have had COVID at one point or another in the past year. And how God's divine protection has been over people. Not saying that just because you're in the Holy Spirit, you're never going to get sick. No, no. Sickness is still a real thing. But I can tell you that God heals and God protects people as well. And I pray for divine protection everywhere we go. And as you leave this place, when we we go out of town, we pray for divine protection because I want God to be with us and him to protect us. When things happen, I want him to protect us. Time and time again, you you know moments where you should have been dead because you, you were too hungover or you were too strung out and God protected you. Divine protection. Healing. I believe in healing. I believe that God heals. There's some churches that, that, that refuse to pray over people to be healed, but I, I believe that's ridiculous because time and time again, we saw people, God heal people. And, and what happened back then, even when the disciples, they were filled with the Holy Spirit, Acts chapter two, afterward, they immediately started healing people at a place called a beautiful gates. They raised up a paralytic man. Then the next place, they, they, they were raising people from the dead. Can I tell you, those things can happen even to this day. Again, I desire to be attractional, not because of our show, our sound, our music, our lights, our screen. I desire to be attractional by the power of God moving in us. Some people want to sugarcoat it, and, 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 and they think the weirdness of this. No, 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 no. I think the weirdness is something we need to embrace more than now than ever. Because as so many people want to seek supernatural things, the best place I want to give it to is here in the church. Divine healing. Since they would pick up snakes with their hands they will, they will drink deadly poison and will not hurt them not they will place hands on sick people can I tell you that takes two people someone placing hands and someone receiving it it takes faith 
It takes us going up to people and going up to people and saying, you know what, people on the street, it says, I know you're hurting, but can I pray for you? I, I've had people after church, after service, George, I'm, I'm, I have a pain in my back, I have a pain in my side, I have a pain in my leg. And then literally a couple days later, they tell me, after you prayed for me, I felt something different. I've seen people, I, I, I've traveled the world. You wouldn't believe the places I've been to. I'm not saying the boats, but I, I say, like I've seen services after services. Some of you knew me when I was younger and I saw the power of God move and heal. And I said, God, it's not me. Let it all glory and power of God move to you. Let it all be to you. Let it be unto, to, unto you. The signs, I, I, I believe in healing. I believe that people can walk into this room that are, are dying of cancer, dying of diabetes, lupus. I believe that those that, who could, that the world has given up on, we lay hands on them and there's healing. How many need healing in this room? Maybe it's not physical, maybe it's emotional. Maybe it's, maybe it's something. How many want to pray for others and be healed? They'd be healed. I want to be used by God. I, I, I don't want people, I, don't, don't, don't believe that these gifts are just for the pastor. No, these gifts are for the church. And through the church and through this, I, I, I want to believe that, that, that this God is still working. These are the signs. And Jesus says it very clearly. These are the signs. And this is verse 19. After the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, it says he was taken up into heaven and he sat at the right hand of God. Can I tell you, Jesus is coming back one day for his church. And I want to be ready, but in the meantime, I want to believe in the signs of God. Verse 20, then the disciples went out and preached everywhere. They went. It says the Lord worked with him, with them, and confirmed his words by the signs that accompanied it. Let's go back to that. It says right here, the Lord worked with them. Instead of them, let's put it like this: the Lord worked with Vive Church. The Lord worked with Vive Church and confirmed. His word was over Vive Church because of the signs that accompanied it. I want to preach the gospel. I want to preach the gospel. All creation, all world, everywhere. Support missionaries, plant churches. I want to preach repentance. I'm not going to sugarcoat. We need Jesus. We need baptism. We need renewal. I, I, I want to believe in spiritual authority. We can cast out demons. I want to believe in speaking in new tongues and spirit empowerment that God can fill us. And then I, I, I want to believe in divine protection, healing over this place. And I can tell you right now that, that right now some of you are hungry for it because you've tried everything else. And, and, and today is a day where I want to give you an opportunity. It says Acts chapter two, let's fo- fast forward. So this is day 40, 10 days later. Day 50, Pentecost. The day today is Pentecost. They're in the upper room, Acts chapter two. Read it on your own time, but I'll summarize it. Mighty wind came 
Tongues of fire, like the photo above, came over them. They began to speak in other tongues. Then, nine in the morning, everybody thought they were drunk. But then there was a guy by the name of Peter who was one of Jesus' disciples. The guy that denied Jesus three times, he stands up with boldness. Can I tell you, when the Spirit comes upon you, he gives you boldness. You want boldness to preach the gospel? Ask for his Spirit. So when Peter gets up, he begins to preach a sermon, Acts 2. He says, you know that Jesus you crucified? He's resurrected now and he went up to heaven and he's coming back. And we just saw the signs. This is it. That spirit, that prophecy in Joel 2. That on, in, in the last days, your sons and daughters will prophesy. And on the last days, I will pour out my spirit and all flesh. Acts 2.17. Your young men will dream dreams. Your old men will see vision. Over your daughters, over your sons, over your servants. They will all prophesy. In the last days, can I tell you, we're in the last days. So Peter preaches a sermon. The scaredy cat Peter that was over here preaches a sermon with boldness now. And it says 3,000 people were added to that, to their number that day. They went from 120 people to 3,000. Can I tell you, we might have 20 people in this room. We might have 30 people in this room. But can I tell you, with the power of His Spirit, with the power of God, can I tell you, we can envision a church of 3,000 people one day. Can I tell you, it's not going to happen by my might. It's not going to happen by my power. But Zachariah tells us, by His Spirit, says the Lord God Almighty. And today I want to pray. His spirit will come and let his signs follow. Let's close our eyes and bow our heads this morning. This morning, I, I want to invite everybody here to stand. If you've never experienced the love of God, if you've never repented, I, I, today is a day to give your life to God. I want to pray with you. But I want to take you to a next step more than just giving your life to God. Now do you want to be filled with His Spirit? Not just filled, but overflowing in His presence, in His baptism. And the Bible says when, it, when we're baptized, we begin to speak in other tongues, and other languages beyond ourselves and beyond of who we are. Can I tell you, Vibe Church will not grow by, by our own might and our power. We're, we're going to be attractional because of His power moving in His place the signs in this place. I'm going to invite you to close your eyes and raise your hands for a second. If you feel comfortable in this room, we have an altar in this place. And the reason why we have an altar is because it's a place where we come and meet God. I'm going to invite you, if you feel comfortable this morning, I'm going to invite you to step out of your seat. I'm going to have Ernesto and Rocio and, and anyone else that we can help pray. This morning, we're going to, we want to pray for God's baptism to come upon you and let his spirit move. Let his power move. And, and, and some of you are going to speak in other tongues. You're not going to know the words that are come out of your mouth, but it's when your spirit stops talking, when your, 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 your mind stops talking, and your spirit starts talking to God, it connects to him. I'm going to invite you to get out of your seat this morning and come. And come and receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Don't be scared of what God can do in his presence. 
Don't be scared of what God can do. It might cause you to cry. It might cause you to fall. It might cause you to get on your knees. It might cause you. I, God's presence is in this place. And today I want to pray over you. I want to pray over you. Holy Spirit. Just lift up your hands right now and just say, Holy Spirit. Open up your mouth and say, Holy Spirit. Empty everything out of my out of me. Empty everything out of me. And make this your prayer this morning. Holy Spirit, baptize me. Baptize me. Pour it out, Holy Spirit. Pour it out on it. I invite you to come this morning. Join us at the altar.